The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Since the Passover of the Jews was near, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. He found in the temple area those who sold oxen, sheep, and doves, as well as the money changers seated there. He made a whip out of cords and drove them all out of the temple area with the sheep and oxen and spilled the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. And to those who sold doves, he said, take these out of here and stop making my father's house a marketplace. His disciples recalled the words of scripture. Zeal for your house will consume me. At this, the Jews answered and said to him, What sign can you show us for doing this? Jesus answered and said to them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. And the Jews said, This temple has been under construction for 46 years, and you will raise it up in three days? But he was speaking about the temple of his body. Therefore, when he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they came to believe the scripture and the word Jesus had spoken. The Gospel of the Lord. It frequently happens on the occasion of a feast like this, which we don't quite understand right away. Why are we celebrating a building? That we make it a point to remind ourselves, but the church is really the people, not the buildings. But let's just pause with that, because buildings matter. And we forget that sometimes. Buildings matter, space matters. And the particular building that we do celebrate today, the dedication of a particular building, we're celebrating an event that goes back almost 1,700 years. Our country hasn't even been here for 250. Consider the length of that. The Lateran Basilica in Rome, dedicated in its original form, some 1,700 years ago. And at that location, the worship of God still takes place. For 1,700 years, the Christian faithful have gone to that place and received Holy Communion. Parents have brought their children for 1,700 years to be baptized. Buildings matter. Places matter. And this particular building matters greatly because when it was built and dedicated, it was then and remains the location of the cathedral of the great diocese of Rome. We often think that the Holy Father's Church is St. Peter's, but that's not really true. 
as Bishop of Rome, the Lateran Basilica is his church, his cathedral. St. Peter's is where he goes when he presides in a way that affects the entire church. But as Bishop of Rome, it is this. In the city, the emperor, empire that ruled the world at that time, that was so hostile once to Christianity, that city where the blood of the great apostles Peter and Paul was spilled in testament to the faith, its conversion was sealed and proclaimed by the permission to raise up a cathedral for public and open worship and expression of the faith. What a tremendous moment for the church. What a tremendous moment for the people of God. All of a sudden, we don't have to meet in the catacombs. We can come up above ground. All of a sudden, we don't have to hide in private homes for our prayer. And the community doesn't have to be dispersed in many neighborhoods. Because now we have a place where we can gather openly. And we can walk openly down the street to go there. And when someone says, how can I be baptized? I know now where to go. Oh, buildings do matter. Buildings do matter because the church, which is primarily the people, is also not a mere abstraction. The people need to come together. And we can't come together if we don't have a place to do it. It's why we have a place like a shrine. It's why there are parish churches. On the one hand, no, the building is not the church. But on the other hand, the building is where the church is found, where the church gathers, where the sacraments are celebrated. And to have a, particular, a predictable, particular place, which is dedicated not to any secular pursuit, but for the worship of God. Oh, that matters. Think about your own life. How easy it is for worldly concerns to crowd the sacred out of the space of your living. How hard it can be for many of us at home to simply find 10 good minutes to pray on a daily basis. It seems that so much crowds out the faith. And what do we need to do? We need to claim a space in the time of the day and a place in the building where we live simply to have a chance to be present to the Lord. How much more true then would that be for all of us trying to do it together? And what if the place was not adequate? What if it couldn't hold those who sought to come? And that place, what if it was used for other things as well? Would not we soon see the needs of worship getting crowded out? It's what we see in the gospel. The Lord evicting the money changers from the temple. 
where other concerns, other pursuits come in and there is no longer the place for prayer, the place for worship that should be there. Because the people need a place where they can gather. And to go to a place is important because physically that movement concretizes the fact that my spirit must always be moving toward the Lord, moving in harmony with the Lord. And when we move to a place where together we can worship the Lord, we remind ourselves, no one of us has a merely private relationship with Jesus Christ. Because Jesus doesn't save you without saving me. We're stuck with each other in that way. But no, the Lord doesn't save you individually and personally in a way that involves nobody else. Your salvation is connected to everybody else's salvation because the Lord saves a people, not simply private individuals. And so it's not that the Lord saves me and then he saves you, and then he saves you, and then says, let's form a people out of that. No. The Lord saves a people, and in saving you, connects you to the people. The people come first. Note how remarkable that is. And so it is then, the Lord desires that his people gather together to be with him. And if the people are going to gather, the people need a place, a place dedicated to that gathering, a place available for that gathering, a place where the bishop can pray with the members of his flock, and a place from which the gospel can be taken out into the world. And that's the beautiful thing about what we celebrate today. The ability of the faithful to pass through the doors of the Lateran Basilica and gather. And together in great numbers lift their voices in praise because this would have been the first time. Imagine this. Nobody in Rome knows where all the Christians are. And the Christians themselves do not know how many they are until they can show up together for the first time. And when that great number of people, some of whom are merely curious, but most of whom are believers whose faith had no way to openly express itself, now come together for the first time from the corners of the city, and thousands of them arrive together. Going to that building was the first time they could look around and open their eyes and see what it meant to say the church is the people. Because now they saw the people. Now the world saw the people. And the people could finally see themselves for who they really were. 
because while they were separate, they didn't know, they couldn't know. They could have a theory about it, but they couldn't see it. They couldn't experience it. And imagine what it would have been like that first day, that first mass in that beautiful building. All of those voices together for the first time. Imagine the thunder of the Amen when they spoke it together. Imagine the way the sound of the Our Father would have rolled out those doors and down the street in a way that no one individual's voice, however beautiful or strong, ever could do. And no one needed to stand out. Together, simply and honestly praying, each one with a voice that is small, but together, becomes a mighty thing. And imagine how it struck their hearts. Imagine how the hearts of those who gathered there for that first Mass were struck and shaken at hearing their own participation in an Amen as mighty as that. These are the kinds of things we celebrate today with the dedication of the Lateran Basilica. Buildings matter because the body must come together, because the people must gather, because we have to have a place where we can come together over what is most important. The world had its stadiums. Rome had its Colosseum. Rome had its marketplace, the Forum. Rome had its schools and its gatherings of organizations. Oh, but now it has a cathedral. And now there's a place to gather not for sport, not for business, and not for mere secular education, but a place to gather as the people of God and meet the people of God and be the people of God. And in doing so, worship the Lord who in saving us has gathered us together. How absolutely marvelous that is. That's why the steadiness of what we do here has an importance. The consistency of place, the consistency of time, the bland and boring predictability of it all. Because place matters. And attending to the place and setting the place aside you know, could the company of Mary make a lot more money if we parceled this out as real estate to developers? Yes. But the real value is having a place that the developer can't access, that the world can't build on, that a place can be built and set aside for the people of God to find and to gather. And in doing so, not simply find the Lord, but find one another and thereby find themselves. What a marvelous, marvelous reality this is. Because what we see then as well, in the act of the people going to that place where they come together, of entering that glorious temple and walking into what we call, not merely in metaphor, the house of God, 
something else is symbolized and made concrete. That our earthly home, or our ultimate home, I should say, our true home, is not found in the separate earthly dwellings in which we live, but our coming together Sunday after Sunday, and in fact, day after day, is also a constant reminder and a manifestation that our true home is an eternal one, not in a house that we build with our hands, but in that glorious heavenly home that Almighty God has built and set aside for us. Whereas the Lord says there are indeed many mansions and that we are those individuals and we are that collective body of people to whom the Lord says, and I go to prepare a place for you. Because the people need to be together. And so our earthly church buildings as well our earthly non-church buildings like this outdoor sanctuary have also with them that marvelous symbolic notion that they represent that heavenly home to where the Lord would lead us, receive us, and settle us. And so our coming aside from our earthly concerns and our settling into the place of gathering for a moment, or more of prayer, individually and yet together, manifests a great many beautiful mysteries. And it's here, because place matters, here that we can come forward to this altar and stretch out our hands and receive Him who is the very bread of life the living bread come down from heaven. The places of the world cannot make this available. We can't do this at home. But here, those of us who seek to feed on living bread, we know where to come. We know when to arrive. And we know that here, the Lord will meet us. And the Lord will receive us and in doing so, offer himself to us. How absolutely marvelous. And what happens then when we receive him in Holy Communion? We become in that moment more truly who each and every one of us is, a living temple of the Lord. And so the building also reminds us of who we really are. Because if God would reside and be found in his temple, how much more so the temple of your heart? And how much more fully and beautifully so in that moment after receiving him in Holy Communion, when he is present there with such a particular and deep and intimate intensity in you and in me, in all of us together, but in each and every one of us personally. And he is there in your heart because place matters. Amen.